You're listening to DraftKings Network. Tonight on the Cooligans, we're talking about Tottenham. Jose Mourinho throwing his players under the bus. <laughs> we talk about MLS and NWSL concussion substitution. So big news there. That's right. Plus, we talk to NWSL Commissioner Lisa Baird. That's right. A commissioner comes on this show. We talk to everything about how the league is building, what's different about this league and uh, leagues in the past, and also what do they have planned for the future? Big plans. Maybe we're a part of it. Who knows? That <laughs> and more today on the Cooligans! Yo, it's me, Dave Vianich here, and I've been hanging out with the Cooligans, having a nice, and I hope you've been having a nice too. Yeah, baby! Yes! Come on! Vamos, let's go! We are here. We are... Crushing it. Okay. For you. <laughs> yeah. That's right. We all up in your ear, we in your eyes. We all over okay. We're you right behind this, you, bro. This, this show is just going to be a review of it, of the current show you're watching. You know? <laughs> we're doing a reaction to what we're actually saying right now. That's what we're doing, bro. Okay. We're changing the game, bro. Yeah. Right. And let me just say, these two guys are crushing it. Who are they? And how did I not hear about them before? I'm going to react to that reaction. That was a great reaction to that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think they're talking about us right now. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Cooligans. My name is Christian Polanco. That's right. And I'm Alexis Guerreros. All right. We are your favorite stand-up comedians that host the funniest soccer show that has ever existed. That's right. Is that the only thing it is, Christian? No, there's more. That's right. It's the gulliest, Joe. <laughs> Thank you for okay, reminding me. What other show is going to react positively to its own show as it's uh, happening? Okay? <laughs> you ain't got you ain't Your favorite show ain't got it like that, bro. <laughs> uh, but we're absolutely stoked for today's show because today we are going to be joined by NWSL Commissioner Lisa Baird. Uh, Dude, we got a is- commissioner on the show, Christian. Mind blown! This is crazy. Uh, is it? Is it do you even think allowed? This com- do you think Commissioner Baird knows it's us? <laughs> do you think she's ever like even Google who we are? I, I don't know if it's a a, a, poor, a a rogue assistant that is trying to ruin I, her career. Or maybe we got someone on the inside. <laughs> mm, all right. Uh, okay. Uh, we're we're using uh, you know the, the monies that that the very little money that we have is we're using it wisely. Okay. That's right. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yes, so stick around for that. Uh, obviously, the NWSL uh, is returning uh, this this week, Friday, April 9th. It will be a doubleheader. There will be two matches. The first one will be the Houston Dash taking on the Chicago Red Stars uh, on CBS Sports Network. Going to be wild. Uh, but before uh, we, we get to that, we have to discuss uh, what happened in the Premier League this weekend because Tottenham looked like uh, they were about to win win a soccer game uh, and they and they did not and and this is it's always it, it, it's tough as a if you're not a fan of Tottenham you you may want them to lose but right. everybody has their own reason for wanting, like, wanting them to Arsenal lose. Arsenal got thrashed by Liverpool but I enjoyed <laughs> this, this made me feel better. But there's there's something a, a Tottenham loss uh, when it, you know when Jose Mourinho is your manager it, there's a little bit. Of, there's a fun little reward. At there's the something end of in it. the air, okay. right? Like you know, when you taste something, you're like, "Did you add an ingredient to this?" Like, there's something different about this Spurs, yet it's also so familiar. You know, uh, what I love about it is it has a term. That's Spursy. The, you, you say you say true. 
to tradition of Spursiness. Uh, yeah. and that's, that's what's good about Jose Mourinho. And it doesn't stop there because when, whenever Jose Mourinho gets a microphone in front of his face, he decides to start pointing fingers. It's, like, it's a lot like the Oprah thing, but in, on mute because they ain't getting cars. They're getting thrown under buses, man. That's right. So uh, Tottenham lost. Uh, they drew uh, to to Newcastle. Uh, With, I believe, Joe Willick scored. Arsenal Loney. Arsenal Let's player. Go. He did mention after the game, he was like, it felt a little bit better as an Arsenal player to score Let's against uh, Tottenham. Uh, but the, what usually happens when Tottenham drop points is uh, Jose Mourinho uh, uh, post game uh, will always say something uh, negative about his players. And and really, the quote that that stuck out was, uh, you know, they asked him like, why why was it, why weren't you able to hold on to the lead? Uh, which you have done in, uh, in with past clubs, and he said, "Same coach, different players." Which Ooh. is the? <laughs> it's like you could have just said, "You tell me." I'm the same guy. <laughs> like, there's so much you could have said that would have also done this, but without such yeah. a direct hit. Like, if if he was playing Battleship, he didn't hit a direct <laughs> hit. He slammed the thing down and threw it. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah. They literally flipped the Battleship table over. and <laughs> He melted the boat pieces. Like, this is wildly disrespectful. Because, yo, at the end of the day, we, we get a chance to joke and laugh about this. But the players hear this and they read it. Like, yeah. this is, how do you, what inspires you to go into training and want to play for this guy? Like, I, at this point, I think he's just trying to get that big old check by getting fired. What is it? Something like thirty-eight million dollars? <laughs> uh, I mean, look if if we uh, approach it, uh, w- you know, with believing that he is truly trying to win and be successful, uh, that's why they brought him in, right? They Mauricio Pochettino gets them to the Champions League final, and they're like, you know what? We can do better. Let's bring in Jose Mourinho to <laughs> to take us. That sentence across- has never been said before. <laughs> To take us across that finish line, and uh, but this is you got it. You take the good with the bad, and this season and last season as well, uh, it is mostly bad. I, it, I or think it's like the- it's a roller coaster, but it leans more on bad. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's like one of those that has like a lot of clink, 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 clink on the way up. And then the drop is tiny, and you're like, that was a lot of wasted, you know, well, anticipation for nothing. I mean, speak, speaking of, of, you know, we, we talk about, like, uh, Frank DeBoer often, and not to say, I'm not even close to saying, I'm not comparing their careers to each right. other, but Frank DeBoer had, was, like, successful once, and then he kept getting jobs everywhere. Yeah. Mourinho, successful way more times than once, uh, not taking anything away from him. But the last few years, especially after seeing what happened in Manchester United, it seems... Uh, uh, a little hopeful and optimistic to keep bringing him back to Premier League clubs, thinking that he's gonna he's gonna change things, gonna fix things. Because you have to deal with I the fact he's... that your, the morale for the team will be severely affected if they're if there's not uh, you know if they're not winning. Well, here's the truth: he thinks he's the star of every club he's at. He thinks he's the reason they're winning. That's why he says this. But I truly believe he is trying to sort of push the hand of Tottenham to fire him because imagine you worked at a supermarket and they said, yo, if you get fired, you get a hundred thousand dollars <laughs> or you could stay here and make 50. I would just be punching cereal boxes. I'd be making sandwiches in the aisles. I do whatever it took 
to get fired. I love that you think people in supermarkets make $50,000. That is quite generous. <laughs> I tried to double it. You know what I mean? Just for Our easy math. is bad, Alexis. I don't know if you know. <laughs> you don't think that's what he's trying to do? workers, Alexis, so stop. Yeah, that's true. Very essential. Thank you for everything you do. I hope you get more than 50K. But yo, don't you think that's what he's trying to do? Don't you think he's trying to get fired? Because he makes a big old check. I don't think he's trying to get fired. That that that's my 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 stance here. He is not trying to get fired. He is he is he's trying to find success. But it's almost it's what what more does he what is he looking for? What is making him passionate about being a manager in in football? Maybe he and enjoys it, destroying players' souls. So, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's what gets him up in the morning. Tottenham ain't fun. That's the main thing. Nah. Like, we know we can tell just Put by that watching on the player. Time remain fun. <laughs> uh, and don't forget, uh, Commissioner Lisa Baird is going to be on the show, which, uh, you know, I'm speaking into existence because I don't know. Like, you know, <laughs> God forbid she, she bangs us. You know what I mean? <laughs> She's like, I can't be on this. Uh, one of the things that I do want to talk about uh, before uh, Commissioner Lisa Baird gets here is MLS uh, just instituted for this season the concussion trial, uh, new concussion protocols. And, and just a, sh- a little correction, NWSL will be doing the same exact thing as well. So both leagues uh, will be having the, the, the new c- uh, concussion substitution rule. Incredible. The way it's going to work in MLS is we currently have five subs. But if there's uh, a situation where those five subs are used, or I guess even if not, if a player is deemed to have uh, suffered a concussion by the medical staff, uh, they will receive a, an additional sub. So in other words, it's not going to count against their five subs. But yeah. so does the other club. Uh, it's the other club, the the, the opposing yeah. uh, club that they're playing that game in, um, which I guess I, it sounds incredible. And I love the fact that at least this is being looked at seriously because we've seen some of the lasting effects of some players trying to stay in the game uh, because, they, you know, there's not additional subs or whatever. The player's health should be the most important thing. Uh, of course, yeah. And, and imagine is- you didn't agree. <laughs> like, damn, Christian, what happened? No, they should. <laughs> Brains, schmains. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. Keep it moving. Well, you you want to remember your name? It's on the back of your shirt, buddy. Get out there. <laughs> okay, go find the mirror. All right. <laughs> the uh, look. This is a thing that is that that should be just generally normalized in all of sports, where you you don't have to play through a possible head injury or brain injury or mm-hmm. things like that. Uh, I, I, so so incorpor- incorporating it into the rules to say like, hey, it, you're, the team is not going to be affected negatively because you have to leave a game. I mean, this soccer is, is, is one of those uh, is, is unique in the sense of, you know, the very limited number of subs. So uh, substitutions in general can drastically change a game you know we've we've had debates over you know five, the five sub rule and and, and three subs and and we, we should we i think should there should be 11 subs let's go for it you know <laughs> just a little sh- just have a brand new team in the second <laughs> half right? dude they're all just stretching you know <laughs> like i love it you know put pressure on your on your starters the one thing i don't like about this rule is that i think in in certain instances it could inspire someone on the other team who needs a sub to maybe injure a player on the opposite team, knowing that they're going to be extra sensitive about these uh, concussion protocols as far as the medical staff is concerned. And now that opposing team is gifted a sub for having injured a player. You know what I mean? Wow, that's an issue. I didn't think of it that way. Of course you, you wouldn't, that- and of course I would think of it. Right? <laughs> I mean, wow, this is like this is like hiring a hitman. What? Yeah. 
I mean, seems... Headhunting, it's like, first of all, you tell me there's no goons in soccer? Oh, you mean there's a reward if I take this guy out? You know? <laughs> yeah, for my team? Okay. They're like, yo, if you break that guy's nose, we'll give you a goal. Okay. Well, it's, it, but it is interesting. A lot of time, a lot of the pushback on adding these, uh, the, the con- concussion sub is, is that people would think that it would create an imbalance or, or an unfair advantage in some way. So they're, tr- they're trying to uh, ease that by saying, well, if the other team gets a concussion sub, it gets an, a, it gets an extra substitution, then you will have one uh, as well, which seems in MLS in this scenario, if there's five subs already, what in, in what scenario will you need a sixth where you desperately need a six to Bruh, win the game. I don't care if this is your 12th <laughs> sub. Let's go. Yo, you need to sub a sub, my G. It ain't working out. I love it. I'm, I'm may- mayhem. And also, shouts to soccer, because we are by far the most progressive sport when it comes to this. I forget sometimes, but I'm a huge Knicks fan. I'm watching. If a player gets injured, they keep playing ball over this injured player. They don't even do the thing of, like, rolling it out. So, like, you know how, like, we'll kick it out to, like, oh, there's an injured player. We should stop. Yeah. Bro, they're, like, dribbling over my guy. They're dunking over him. Yo, they're stepping you, you over he, a bloody mess. You see, you see how he crossed up that dude that was already on the ground? Oh, wow. damn. His own player. He used him as a pick. <laughs> yeah. I, it's wild disrespectful. There's nothing in the game for them to stop. At least soccer, we stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good. Look, uh, overall, this is going to be uh, better for for athletes now, for uh, uh, upcoming athletes, uh, uh, upcoming uh, professionals. Because look, you know, we already have like rules of, about kids not heading the ball uh, to a certain age. So th- th- there are things uh, uh, to consider and things to think about. This it'll be interesting. We'll, we'll see this. This is the first time this. Uh, we'll see how many times it's even used throughout the year i i don't even know uh i mean obviously it'll happen a couple times but it, it might we'll see how this uh, affects the the balance of the game and the competitive if it provides a competitive advantage this is a trial we'll see maybe it won't last forever maybe it won't look exactly like this forever um but we'll we'll we're here to find out uh but i'm glad the mls and nwsl are taking the lead uh on on stuff like this um okay uh let's talk about some nycfc news stadium news we've gotten we got uh, stadium news (laughs) (laughs) okay we got uh you know a response to a question this is we got we got to take we got to take the scraps we'll take whatever we can get (laughs) uh we'll nibble on them because we desperately uh are looking obviously we're nycfc season ticket holders and we uh obviously very interested uh in this stuff uh but uh the 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 uh brad sims uh uh he had asked answers some questions about it they the nycfc put out a a post uh about it and uh, i mean look the 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 main point that people were focusing on about the stadium was the uh, obviously they mentioned uh the ceo Bradson mentioned doing all the work trying to figure out everything new york Clearly city difficult it's new york city difficult, uh li- difficult landscape uh the, the the thing that's that that stuck uh stuck out to me were one saying that uh this point it says nycfc will ultimately spend significantly more for our stadium than any other mls ownership group has for theirs which is an interesting point really just highlighting how difficult and how expensive this project will be. Hopefully that is a thing. Look, I don't, I don't think NYC I don't think that's fan. the most significant part. I think the most significant part is when he said it's four years 
away, give or take. <laughs> I said, give me that what stuck out to me. This is yeah. the second one. It, it says, from the time we enter the public approval process, we are plus or minus four years out from that point to stadium opening if everything goes as we hope. Look, so- it's incredibly hard in New York City. You've got community boards. Everywhere in New York City, there's a residential board that's like, I don't want that, right? <laughs> and I, I respect it. People need to live in these neighborhoods, right? Yeah. You've also got environmental concerns. Look, people didn't treat the ground very respectfully before, you know, uh, the last few years here in New York City. They were like, you know what we do? Put a little concrete on top. No one knows there's toxic <laughs> stuff down there. So there's stuff you got to clean up. There's a lot that goes into building anything in New York. Uh, very famously, you guys might not know this, but uh, the area called Two Bridges between uh, Brooklyn Bridge and uh, Manhattan Bridge um, is uh, sort of a community like from uh, what is it? The five corners from like the gangs in New York. That's in that neighborhood. Right. So in that neighborhood is all smaller buildings. And then there's just one huge, gigantic glass tower that just got put up. The overwhelming reports that have come out is that that wasn't what they told the city they were going to build. <laughs> <laughs> they just started building. And I think what happens is at some point, you're so far along that New York City's like, well, we can't tell them to knock it down. That's what we got to do. Just, just start it, it, building the stadium. That's how New York City is. It's just like an oopsie. Oh, I didn't realize we were building a Cheech and Chong statue. Yeah. My bad. Oh, no. That's not what Christopher Columbus looks like. I think at some point, yo, just go to the go to the docks, right? On Pier 40. And yo, you just start cleaning up the grass. And everyone's like, what are you doing? Like, we're here from the city. We're here to start ripping it up overnight. You just start putting in pylons. Yo, build the stadium over the water. No one, they're not gonna, they're not gonna tell you to knock it down. They're not gonna tell you to like put it out in the middle of the ocean. Okay, yeah, yeah. Just act as if, you know, the stadium's already here. We're ready. We work here. We've been here. Uh look, the it is is a uh, NYCFC fans are obviously frustrated. You, how can you not be? Uh, you know, you see, it, it, it's, it's difficult. Tougher, it's, it's really difficult, difficult to see every other city. It feels like every other city getting a stadium every week. Columbus, Columbus already has at this second. point has a stadium for every every uh, but president. It's like you watch over the years that even uh, NYCFC has been in the league. I mean, look, Minnesota building the stadium. Uh, Columbus getting Austin is. I mean, FC their Cincinnati. Looks incredible. FC Cincinnati stadium looks gorgeous. Uh, so it might it might even be uh, up until maybe look. It, it, 2025, 2026 is a possibility, but it's the that's point if we get here, approval today. <laughs> yeah, this is like it's from the time that 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 we enter quote we enter the public approval process. I'm hoping we get to the public approval process tomorrow. Right? Yo, yeah. by the way, you're a member of the of the public, and so am I. And we approve <laughs> process closed. Start building this thing, bro. <laughs> I'm telling you, they can't tell you to stop. Just build it. You know what you do? Build the four pieces in a factory. Just bring them up on trucks, clip them together. What if they're going to be like, yo, my kids were playing here last week. I know now there's a stadium. It's pros. You got to keep it moving, Laney. Interesting. All right. Look, we know what the politician uh, Alexis Guerrero will look like. I mean, it is. I've never made any. I've never suggested I'd be any different. You know, okay. Not really somebody who listens to the community and try to focus and really tries to delegate and try to make make sure everybody's happy he's like 
just a couple of people are going to be happy. A lot of people are going to be upset. All right? But I'm going to be one of them. And I think that's the important part at the end of the day. Here's Vote the for me. to the game. <laughs> hey, I got paid under the table. How come none of y'all tried it? You know, that's what I would say if I was the leader of any city. We got, speaking of leaders, we've got Commissioner Lisa Baird. And I hope she doesn't hear this segment before she comes on. Come right back after this. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I just want to bring in with a word from one of our sponsors, us, and you, you guys being Gully Squad. And you know what? Maybe I keep saying you. Maybe you're listening to this and you're not a member of Gully Squad and you're wondering why. Well, I've given you amazing, uh, you know, reasons why I've told you the Slack channel is absolutely amazing. Here's another reason why I think Gully Squad is absolutely incredible and why you should join is because whenever we have guests and we've had everything from World Cup winners to MLS, Premier League, and WSL, legends of the game, we've had incredible, incredible players on our show, incredible guests from comedians like Roy Wood Jr of the daily show incredible guest the only people who get to ask them questions besides christian and i are gully squad gully squad finds out early who our guests are and they get the chance to put those questions in the slack those are the only other questions we ever ask if you want to be one of those folks if you want to join the amazing slack channel if you want to get to become a part of this community if you want to start you know uh cooperating with some of the gulliest kit the kit that they're making for themselves if you want to drop some knowledge in the coffee or the beer and wine liquor section or the food porn section all that you got to join gully squad most importantly if you also want to ask questions of our guests you either got to become a cooligan which is impossible right unless you, you're funnier than christian then try out let me know or you got to join gully squad and join that slack community so if you want to do that just go to shouts to us.com again that's shouts to us.com or you can simply go to soccer cooligans.com slash gully squad in fact if you go to soccer cooligans.com it's our website we worked really hard on it we think it's really nice and all over the place you'll find buttons to join gully squad so do it today Hi, baby. And we're back on the Cooligans Living Room FC. And Christian, this is exciting. We got a commish. <laughs> Whoa. Which police department do we have? I know, I know, right? As soon as I heard a commissioner was here, I was like, I didn't do it. You know, the first reaction I had. Okay. We usually have wardens. You know? <laughs> right? Did someone pick up that red phone with the one button on it and press it? Are we in trouble? But this is exciting. This is what I would I would say one of the most, one of the busiest people in American soccer. Very. And uh She's taking the time out of her schedule to be here with us. So clearly there's a grammat there's a mistake somewhere. There's a- <laughs> something happened. <laughs> this is absolutely incredible. The commissioner for the NWSL doing huge things, including being on this show. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> unless you're driving, and if you are pull over, hit that break and put your hands together for the one, the only commissioner, Lisa Baird, everybody. Lisa Baird, uh Commish, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. Look, it's an exciting week. We're getting back to the pitch this Friday. So it's a big week for us. Yes. I mean, and, and as a reminder, yes, Friday, April 9th, uh, 9th uh, NWSL Challenge Cup returns at yep. the Houston Dash against the Chicago Red Stars. Uh, I, I mean, the, the, we can start there. The Challenge Cup last season was not only incredibly entertaining, it was incredibly successful. Uh, what is the what, what has been the lead up into this season compared to last season where obviously everything was uh, madness and COVID and we didn't yeah. know where we were as a, as a society. But how, what is it like prepping for this 2021 Challenge Cup? 
Well, it, you know, in, it, we're still following medical protocols, so we had to adjust our medical protocols uh, again. And But, you know, going through this the second time was a bit easier, and everybody was a bit more um, confident that what we had worked since, you know, to date we've had zero uh, COVID tests for the last uh, – li- zero positive tests in our, our preseason training. So the women are doing awesome. The players are doing great going into this weekend. Um, and I think the exciting – thing for all of us is now we're getting into the development of rivalries so the the first game is friday night on um at 7 p.m on cbs sports network and you'll be seeing the rematch of last year's championship winners the houston dash against the very very uh excited to get back on the pitch and see if they can claim that that title away from them Chicago Red Stars so it pro- I think it's going to have that now wait a minute who's the returning champion and who's the new who's going to unseat it which is always yeah. fun in sports this has to be so exciting for you because you're talking about sort of a a renewed you know uh feeling for NWSL when you took over correct me if I'm wrong you got the keys to the house, and then two days later, they told you, we got to shut this bad boy down. Shut it. Put the tourniquet. Put the, I'm like, what? 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 Two days, like, I know. And I'm calling, like, every, I'm calling around going, is this usual? What's happening? I was like, okay, uh, let's just take a beat here. Let's figure it out. And, like, I kept, I was calling because I've been around in sports, and I've worked at the NFL, and I worked in the Olympic world. So I kept calling people going, Hey, what's the game plan for managing live sports in a pandemic? And people are like, no game plan, no playbook. Uh, yeah. So we had to create our own, which was, it was very hard. It was like really, you know, kind of um, uh, really hard because we worked super um super hard with our medical task force to do that but we also created a new competition that we had to bring in sponsors to um, help us subsidize it and as well as pay the players so there's a lot of work to do but uh, we got back to the field last year and we're pretty excited to be um, starting our season um, right now so is that, was that your pitch to get the job when they were like so you want to be commissioner what's your plan you're like you have a cigar, you're like, how about we shut the whole thing down? Let's it think outside the box. <laughs> it isn't exactly what I thought. <laughs> but, you know, grace under pressure, channeling my, you know, kind of my be- my best thing, going, okay, we got this. And meanwhile, I'm like, going, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. <laughs> okay. But, you know, grace under pressure and all that. And, you know, I was really happy. We have, I think, some of the best owners in sports because they really got behind us and, um, we did it. We were the first league back last year, and um, you know, I think I think we're um, maybe we're first in sports, uh, first to start our. I don't know if we're the first sport back in spring. I don't know. I, Great I, question. I believe it was the no first idea. team sport uh, yeah. last uh, last year to to come back, and, yeah. and it really did. I, I wanted to. I was going to mention that, and I want to applaud you uh, uh, for that because it was not only a a obviously uh, an incredible undertaking, but it was a an opportunity for not just for sports to come back, but for women's sports to to take the lead there. So when it comes to um, your being a representative of that, how much does that go into uh, thinking about your job in in representing and growing the women's game uh, across the country? You know what? You know what? There is because we truly are an independent women's sports league. 
Like we're not, we have no formal alliance with any other men's sports league. We are doing it ourselves. And our owners are, are fiercely proud of what they've done in the first five near, nine years. We work really collaboratively with our players association to do things, but it is challenging because we're doing it on our own. Well, I think what happened, and, and by the way, it wasn't intentional to be the first league back. Uh, no one was more surprised than me. I woke up. This is a true story. I woke up and we were doing our press announcement on CBS and I turned on the news, you know, just to get ready. I was up early and, you know, kind of blue dry my hair, did all the things you think a commissioner should do. <laughs> and then I got on and there's Gary Bettman. I was like, oh, okay, the NHL's coming back. But he was announcing that they were coming back in August or something like that. So all of a sudden, I'm doing the the um, the press interview on CBS, and we're like, whoa, we're the first team back. What was so cool about it is that what I found is sports fans were really rooting for us, the league. Like, they're definitely rooting for their favorite players, many of whom we have the world's best-known players in our leagues, like Julie Ertz and Lindsey Horan and, you know, um, Lynn Williams, world's Dabinia, Marta. They're rooting for their players. Second, they're definitely rooting for their team. But in this case, we have something very interesting, which is people are really rooting for this league to succeed. And it's a it's very different to be in that position. Like even, you know, uh, journalists and, and major – but they're like, oh, my God, they're doing it. And I think there's something about a small league like us really making it that just is the American spirit, right? Yeah. It's like you can do it. You're going to start seeing, uh, you know, kids with Commissioner Baird on their, the back of their jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just, I'm just happy to see Alexis wearing the windbreaker. You know? <laughs> I forget that Commissioner Baird, he's wearing the windbreaker. It's right? a must-have. Particularly, it's windy, which is why it's called a windbreaker. You grew up in Long Island. I grew up in Newark, New Jersey. You know, a windbreaker, that's like, that's a, that's a wedding suit to me. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. That's right. true in Long Island, too. <laughs> NWSL Commissioner Lisa Baird, absolutely honored. Uh, obviously, the, the Challenge Cup is starting back up again Friday, April 9th, so make sure uh, uh, to tune in. Uh, we have a couple questions from fans, and I wanted to get to this one because this was uh, really uh, a fun one. This is from Emily Gerda. She had asked. She is a, a Portland Thorns fan, and she had asked, when will we see an NWSL All-Star game? So already, already forward thinking, really trying to grow this league. Were we the uh, first to bring this up as an idea? (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's definitely something we'd love to do. I would say that we're working on our multi-year schedule now. Like, you know, with us and, and, you know, Emily is obviously a fan that knows women's soccer. We have to work within the World Cup years and the Olympic world. So it's a little more challenging. It's not like the NFL or Major League Baseball. They're not worried about, you know, all, all of that. But so we're definitely it's definitely hopefully something we can get to so i think it'd be super who would your all-star be who would you like i'd love to ask you guys who do you think Ooh, i mean Ooh. look our first name comes to mind crystal dunn uh yeah. has to be on there okay that's uh, an easy one yeah it's an easy one <laughs> i'm gonna i'll say probably shay groom i mean with the challenge cup she had yeah oh my god yeah friend of the show she's been on um actually you know <laughs> let's talk about the challenge cup because yeah you had mentioned that you know it was a, a bit of a surprise or, or certainly not a plan that you guys were first but i think something that certainly was a surprise to us 500 percent ratings increase <laughs> i mean what what magic how, how many phone calls were you made what happened <laughs> how did you, you get imagine? there and it, how do you sustain that because it's 
it clearly a lot of people got to see an amazing competition and i think a lot of people fell in love with nwsl yeah you know what they did and i think it was the fact that maybe maybe not a, like we definitely have our incredibly avid you know, women's soccer fans, like we have them and they are the most digitally engaged, engaged audience in the world. We love them. But I think the fact that we got on, on a big broadcast network with CBS, and then we did the streaming with Twitch at the same time, just exposed us to so many mainstream soccer fans and then mainstream sports fans. So I can't tell you how many people came up to me and said, oh my God, this is just great soccer. Like that was the reaction to it was, wow. And I think that that unexpectedness. And so what happened is even with the Challenge Cup, we had huge TV ratings for our championship um, game. But then we came back and we did a smaller fall series and we were able to take advantage of it to have six more games on CBS. And that's when like college sports fans found us. Then we started to get people found us on Twitch. So Brazil is a big um, country for us that follows us now on international streaming. And remember, those guys like uh, England, Sweden, we had people tuning in from Korea. And those have to be serious fans of soccer because they're tuning in at 3 in the morning. Yeah. Like it's not easy <laughs> to be an international soccer fan um, when you're viewing um, American times. So it's like the fact that people now know we're there, I think now they're telling people what great soccer it is. And this year with the Olympics happening, I think people are going to watch to see how that team is shaping up, whether it's the U.S. Women's National Team, so many of whom play in our league. Um, or, you know, big people like Rachel Daly, she's going to go play for England. You know, you're going to have Marta and Dabinia go home and pray for Brazil. So I think people are now watch them in the early part of it and see how they're doing. And, and then they'll watch them in the Olympics and then they'll come right back to us. Of course. I, how, do, how do you think the uh, how do you handle uh, whether it's a positive thing or negative thing? Players leaving NWSL and playing in, in other leagues. I know it, it adds this this you know, other uh, cachet of interest of like, oh, look, this player came from NWSL, but is there a, an active competition to keep players nowadays now oh, that yeah. other leagues are being uh, as competitive oh, yeah. and trying to get the players? These coaches, like they are killer competitive. <laughs> like they want them. And by the way, to everybody playing internationally at Man City or Chelsea or whatever, come back, come back. We want you. <laughs> if you're listening, we want you to come back. But these coaches... They are, you know, they're, you know, they definitely want them back. And it's the, you know, as you look at the coaching plans and I'm getting to know them, you know, it's long-term. They're working to increase what they're doing as teams and they have long-term. So they're definitely talking to them, I know, but we're also really blessed in America to have an incredibly strong collegiate system. So there's always another class that is entering our league. So we have some really exciting new players that are going to hit the pitch for the first time, sky blue with uh, um, Pinto and, you know, some really great rookies. So look for the rookie class this year. I think it's pretty exciting. We saw that in our draft, which had incredible take up. People were really following what was going on in our draft. Um, And they're all like, you know, we're all going to see what Louisville's doing with their expansion team and Mm -hmm. Kansas city is new news. Um, you know, so it promises to be a very, very competitive season, even if, you know, we have some of our players who are going to play in the Olympics and then coming back or even some of the players not here. So look for that next generation of players. Let me, let me ask you about what it's like for where, where, I guess, where you place your focus, right? 
I mean, we've seen an incredible uptick in the amount of sponsors and partners that you guys have been able to sign. But when you look at the league, I think the NWSL is magically like there's some type of magic there because each player is almost their own brand on social media. How do you leverage all of that? How do you place a focus? It's different than every other league you might have worked in or really every other league. Certainly when you look at the men's leagues, how how do you sort of turn that into a success for NWSL? Well, I think it's about creating overall the positive platform and the stories and then letting the players shine. I mean, we have global superstars in our playing in our leagues, mm-hmm. right? We we do. So for us, it's the overall platform. So get every game either streaming on Twitch or on TV so that you can see the players. Make sure that we're pushing the stories in the press and getting it out there about the NWSL so you tune in and create more fans. So it's really simple which is we want that demand curve for the league to continue to go up and up and up. And all, I don't want to say all we have to do, but we just have to make sure that the players have a chance to develop their own their own fan base. But the way that they're going to do it is by people seeing the games, seeing the competitiveness in our leagues, seeing new stories develop like rookies, Um, making sure that people are engaging us with league events, whether it's an all-star game, if that gets on the docket or the draft. So it's always creating that momentum and that buzz. And then when you can turbocharge it, like we did last year within getting Angel City in, that's like even more excitement and news because now there's going to be, you know, teams in California that are going to vie for the best of the best players. So it's an exciting time. And I think it, you know, you know, not to toot our own horn, but we get to help contribute in telling those stories yeah. as well. We've had so many NWSL players. We, you know, Trinity Rodman was just on recently, oh. and and yeah. you get to uh, uh, see, you know, I, I, we always say this that that the, the 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 female soccer player doesn't really get to be on ESPN every day and get to tell their story, and it, it just normalizes seeing yeah. uh, female athletes on TV. And even uh, another thing I'd like to add is like a couple years ago we did an event um and megan rapino was there and we interviewed her on stage with uh, i mean there must have been four thousand people there and the level of i've never been around the more famous person right yeah. where people came little girls came up I to can me hear and you, said yeah. I mean, right here. <laughs> well, little girls came up to me and they were like hey can i have this picture that i drew of megan rapino can you Give this to her. And I'm like, I don't even think she'll accept anything I give her. I'm sorry. I had to break this little girl's heart. But like Alexis said, like sort of leveraging that that popularity. It, but it's also something even bigger where, uh, you know, Megan Rapinoe is an example. And there's plenty of other players. But when it comes to uh, race issues and, and political issues, LGBT issues, yeah. uh, NWSL athletes are on the forefront of, of, of challenging uh, a lot of these things. And how do you work with? Uh, those players do you even have the conversation with them at all or are you saying you know be yourselves well it's like a combination of of both and i think that it goes to the fact that look our players are not one thing right they're they're very diverse they're from other countries they're you know grew up in the american soccer system they came from you know development leagues you know country developing countries like uh so i think it's that you know they're they're uh you know some of our most famous players are from Japan. So the point is to have a really good relationship with the players where their voice can find a platform in our league, but also keeping it diverse enough, 
right? Don't, we're not going to be defined by any one issue or any one voice. We're going to be a big mainstream sport. That's our goal. I don't want to be a niche sport. I want to be a big mainstream sport just in, and that's our that's our aspirational vision so it's definitely giving them the platform as we did last summer in the tragic events with george floyd we we gave them their voice they decided to make a show of unity in support of social justice but then in the fall one of the things they did which i think was wonderful is they they stood up for small businesses in their communities because they were hurting so badly. They were the ones, you know, minority owned businesses, women owned businesses. The pandemic really had hurt those businesses and they all played for a team. So I think you'll see us continue to be nimble and we want to have societal impact. Um, And the way we're going to do it is to make sure that we have that open dialogue with our, with our players. Um, and, uh, Kamish, we have our, I can call you Kamish, right? Is yeah, cool? yeah. Great. Uh, we have our own supporters group. They're called Gully Squad, and we like, we give them an opportunity to ask our guest questions. Awesome. And, D- uh, Douglas Reyes Cerrone, who is a Washington Spirit fan, um, has an absolute, uh, wonderful question. Uh, he wants to know, what is your strategy for getting the league sponsors on board, such as Nationwide recently, despite COVID impact on countries economic, economically at all levels? And are, is there any hope? or a push for NWSL representation in the FIFA video game? Well, um, so yes, the answer is, of course, we'd love to be in the FIFA game. It reaches like the world's like largest sports, sports, <laughs> sports yeah. fan base, which is global soccer. So we've had some conversations with EA. They have a long development cycle and, you know, I'm going to continue to have them. The Electronic Arts is kind of like a huge influencer in sports. So that would be a really cool way to engage with a whole new set of global fans. Um, but there's also ways that we can do it even more quickly, like just through our growing engagement on Instagram and Facebook. Like that's not something the league has done a lot of before. So we have this incredible savant of a social media manager. His name is Ruben Dominguez. He's amazing. And what he's already done so far to bring our social media like to a better place is, is really exciting. So we're trying to engage with our fans one-on-one. That's a way to start. But eventually, yeah, we'd like to be in gaming and all court, maybe even esports. Who knows? The sky's the limit for us. Very okay. Cool. Uh, we had another question from uh, from Dennis Higgins. He uh, uh, he asked, uh, "What's the word on the women's uh, world club World Cup uh, that oh, people are yeah. talking about? Is this a, a, a thing that is uh, closer than we think, or, or or you know, what are the talks about those about that?" Yeah, there have been some uh, press articles from FIFA and CONCACAF that they aspire to have a club uh, World Cup. It's going to take a lot of work with the leagues around the world to make sure we can fit it in with our schedules, with the current FIFA windows, everything we have. I think you guys know this. The soccer schedule is jammed packed yeah (laughs) it is like uh you know the subway uh, the the subway shuttle on 42nd street it's full all the time yeah so i think it and you know not to underestimate it but all the leagues cooperating so would it be interesting yeah and in the meantime you know we'll continue to run our league and and hopefully we can continue to attract new fans and and bring in expansion markets and continue to be that club that everybody in the world is rooting for um, Justin Freeberg wants to know, what do you think the biggest difference is between the NWSL and women's soccer leagues of the past? And he also wants to know that he's super excited for the direction the league and women's game is getting this country is growing is going. So uh, what are your thoughts on that and the difference? Because this does feel different. 
You know what I think it is? And I think, um, you know, a couple things from the, I think the point of our ownership and our, what we want to do is we want to have sustainable growth. Like you can't just grow and then not create um, the kind of right economics to keep the league afloat. So we're having what I call measured growth. I don't think you'll see us going, um, you know, absolutely crazy on anything. We've got to have sustainable growth. But I think what makes it real for us, or I can't tell you how important it is to league success to have, um, you know, broadcast deals with, you know, look how huge Twitch is, CBS, the way that we're streaming all our games. Like that gives us the platform that will grow. And then it's really important that we bring in nationally recognized sponsors the way we're doing with Procter & Gamble, Budweiser, Nike, Verizon, Nationwide. These are um, Ally Bank most recently. These are nationally, you know, top Fortune 500 companies. And they understand they have huge sports sponsorships portfolio, and they see us as hopefully a long-term bet. So some of the deals we're doing are two to three years, and that's what's going to continue to give us the resources to really be able to invest in the league, which is what we want to do. And, and you mentioned uh, Nike. I mean, obviously, it makes all the kits for, for uh, all the NWSL clubs. How is it that Nike are consistently crushing it Every single time when they release kit, NWSL kits are arguably uh, some of the definitely some of the best in the world comparatively to even uh, the men's leagues. So how is it that they're constant? They can do that so regularly. Are are is it a bit competitive with like Nike and then MLS is Adidas deal where you're like, all right, well I don't yeah. know, that's your problem. You yeah, that's MLS, MLS and Adidas. <laughs> that's their problem. You know what? I think it's because they. The Nike designers really capture the spirit that's in each of the brands, right? The Portland Thorns, like they kill it constantly, but look at their brand, like the symbol of the thorn. But even like the newest one with Racing Louisville, like, oh my God, that lavender color, it's just to die for. And like, we're, we're women. We love a pretty brand. Like we want, (laughs) we want it all. We want competitive intensity and we want gorgeous kits at the same time and who else can do that like we can be gorgeous like who else is gonna wear lavender but racing louisville of course they are i love that i've never heard a a kit described as to die for but i can die for it yeah and look at like if you look at shaved head dude of england holding a knife you know exactly it's like look at orlando's their kits went to the moon they've got stars on them they're gorgeous, drop dead yeah. gorgeous. Absolutely. So we're pretty excited. <laughs> All right, these are superl- superlatives I can get behind. This is great. Okay. <laughs> All right, we did it again. Thank you so much, Commissioner Lisa Baird of the NWSL. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been an absolute Incredible. honor. You've added a, a, an, an, an immense level of credibility to our yeah. show. It is quite, <laughs> quite incredible. Uh, but Commissioner, is there anything you want to let people know about before we sign off? Yeah, I really hope you'll be watching us on CBS Sports Network Friday night, April 9th. It's the rematch that you've been waiting for between the Chicago Red Stars and the defending Challenge Cup champions, the Houston Dash. So be there. 
Okay. Right. Uh, yes, we will be tuning in uh, as well. And we'll probably even do some watch-alongs on Twitch and things like that. It's been uh, be cool. uh, a great... We did it for the Challenge Cup last year. It was very, very cool. Uh, all right. So, uh, everybody, make sure to follow us at Soccer Cooligans, at Fubo Sports as well, and subscribe to the Fubo Sports YouTube channel for full episodes of our program. All right. Uh, commissioner, let us end the show the way we normally do, as is tradition. You will be the first commissioner to be doing this. this. Is, I can't believe this so is going to happen. So, for Commissioner Lisa Baird, my name is Christian Polanco. I'm Alexis Guerreros. And together, what are we? The, the Cougars! Cougars! <laughs>